Hi again, everybody. We welcome you into ESP Media Coverage of Molar Fighting Crusader Athletics. Today, we are talking baseball, our Molar Baseball podcast that we've kind of had to go away for a few weeks because a little travel, a little illness. I was out one day sick <laughs> as well, but very happy to have with us the head coach for baseball, Tim, held with us. And Tim, you look a little more tan, so I guess you were south somewhere. Well, right, just uh, from the neck up. That's about <laughs> is that what it is? That's okay. What it is. Well, that's a good thing. Well, we'll get into that coming up here in just a few moments, but we want to kind of catch everybody up on, on what's going on with Moeller Baseball. 12-3 and three on the season to this point. Uh, we're recording this on Monday the 22nd of April, just after Easter. You guys are just back from a great trip down in Myrtle Beach. We'll recap that. But it's been a, about a month or so since we really had a chance to talk, and a lot has happened since we last talked as well. So we're kind of going to go back through the season. But your your thoughts before we get into kind of some general games, where you're at right now at 12-3? and three. Um, We're feeling good about where we're at. Um, you know, the, we've played a ton of uh, non-league games. We're just 2-1 and one in the league, and right. kind of, that kind of fires up later today <laughs> um, does, for yeah. the next three weeks. So um, that GCL battle. So with all that we've done with our non-league games, we're feeling really comfortable about where our pitchers are at, what our relief situation is in all those games, and, and uh, what our batting order is and what we feel most comfortable with. So um, kind of putting it all together and, and feel um, good going into this last three weeks of the regular season with the GCL and heading into the tournament. Yeah, GCL will kick up, like you said, uh, a couple of games against Elder coming up this week. We'll talk about that coming up. Getting the pitching staff set up and, and how much of that is I – mean, High school baseball is so many games in such a small amount of window. And, and really, thankfully, knock on wood, we've had great weather this spring for the, the most part. Only two games that have had to be washed out. But when you're, you're getting your pitching set, how much of that is because you have so many games in a short amount of time trying to kind of level who you want pitching against certain teams and how much of it is still trying to figure out who can pitch? Right. You know, early in the year you have uh... – Guys are on kind of limited pitch counts. They're trying to build that pitch count up. So you know you're going to get a lot of guys in early, and you're trying to uh, deal with the rain. And you got guys that have done it in the past, like Jack Passetti, who's been a you know a three-year starter on the varsity. Right. Um, you know Justin Hornschmeyer, who threw a ton of innings last year for us um, before he missed a little time with injury. So you know you got some guys back that you know are going to be able to do well. And then uh, trying to balance some of the new guys who came up from the JV. Um, so a lot of guys got opportunities early. And like I said, we're, we're kind of settled into roles. And now we're um, also dealing with this uh, extra week in the season. Um, oh, that's so, right. You know, we yeah. got the seventh week. So trying to figure out playing three games or four games a week, what that does with our pitching staff and our relief core. And it's let us flex a couple guys down to throw some innings for the JV team. Um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of figuring all that stuff out. <laughs> but we feel pretty comfortable with who those three, four starters are that are going to get out there each week. Um and give us the best chance to win. Well, let's kind of go back and, and recap. We, we've actually had eight games since we last did a podcast uh, that were local right here just in the greater Cincinnati area. That doesn't count going out of town and going down to uh, Myrtle Beach and playing some of those games. But overall, we've actually had 13 games since we last played, 11-2. and two. So, obviously, a great record. First game, want to recap, kind of go back to the local games, the games that you played right here before you went out of town. First, we have to talk about it because it kind of relates to pitching, would be the game against Turpin. And that would be the game that was a 10 nothing victory, but more so the special of that game. Andrew Diley, a perfect game, only the second time ever in school history that the a pitcher's pitched a perfect game. Right. It was incredible. Um, you know, it was the third game of the season. Um, <laughs> it was our first true home game. Um, we'd played at Prasco. We'd played a game at UC. 
And uh, so we're finally at Schuler Park for the first time. We're, like I said, we're trying to figure out all these things about our team. You know, we're so young. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden about the fourth inning, you know, we're up 6-0 <laughs> or 8-0. And then uh, um, we score two more in the bottom of the fourth to go up 10. And we kind of go out to the top of the fifth and kind of a strange you. look on people's faces. And I kind of look <laughs> around and, and – uh, you know the dugout's really quiet, and you know so. The, and I kind of pieced it together. I was like, I don't think I've seen Andrew throw out of the stretch today, <laughs> you know. And then I start thinking about it, and kind of glance at the book, and like, nope, hasn't walked anybody, hasn't. We haven't made any errors, uh-huh. uh, no hits. So not only a no hitter on the line, but that perfect game. Oh. And uh, he was just unbelievably sharp. I mean, his he was spotting his fastball wherever he wanted, in out, up down. And he throws a big twelve to six curveball yep. um, that that more and more high school kids are getting away from. So that looks a little bit different. He was getting a lot of swing and misses on that. Um, people swinging right over the top. So just I mean an incredible moment for him and for our program uh, to join Alex Wimmers uh, in that record book of a perfect game. Yeah, and there's been other no hitters that have had. I know Sebastian Fabic had one a couple of years ago, but a perfect game. That's a different story and. It was a five-inning perfect game. If, if you go seven innings, think he still nails it? Or well, the tough on... part would be was that, yeah, it was the first week of the season. He had thrown in relief a little bit on Saturday and actually got the loss in that first game because uh, we didn't make a couple plays right. in the seventh inning there. Um, and so here he is in his first start. So it was right on that edge of he was about 60, 65 pitches of, oh. of do we let him go any further. Right. So um, we were really going to have to make some decisions Ooh. there. Um, <laughs> so, so we're happy that we scored those two runs in the, in the bottom of the fourth yep. uh, to get 10. But, you know, and there's been some people say, well, it was a five-inning perfect game. But, Does not matter. I, you know, let's see how many guys have thrown five innings perfect in yep. any one game whether they won or lost. And so um, it was it was just awesome to yep. be a part of and watch. That's so great. So congratulations, Andrew. Uh, 15 up, 15 down. Right. Only the second in school history, and, and that's saying something. Right, so, it was awesome. Uh, absolutely. So that was a 10 nothing victory. Way back, that was on March 27th. That was, we're talking a month ago. So then you had a, a, a series of games. You got a 7-6 win over Loveland. How was that game? I mean, that, that game went right down to the wire. Yeah, that one, you know, again, putting pitchers out there, their first time on the mound for the varsity for some of them. Um, you know, we really battled. We, we didn't help ourselves with walking yeah. uh, a number of guys. Um, didn't give up many hits, um, but just, you know, putting too many guys on base. Now when they get a hit or two, um, it really, you know, uh, shows that we got some things to work on. And that's a good thing to have. I mean, that, that gives you things to, to know, okay, here's what we need to concentrate on. Because once you get into the games, how much practice time is there at that point? How much of it is practicing while the game's going on or trying to put all that into motion while the game's going on? Right. Usually if you practice, it's a bad weather day, so you can't get out on the on the turf and, and work on some things. You can always hit uh, with the facility we have, but you know, trying to get up there and, and work on some of those defensive things are tough at times. So, uh, yeah, you're coaching on the fly and talking about things before you go out and take pregame. Um, it's crazy. Well, and it's funny you say that because that game was Friday the 29th of March. Saturday you had a rainout right. <laughs> against Jackson on, on March 30th. So, And that was supposed to be a game at Prasco. So obviously and that was a cold, rainy kind of a day. So chance to, to get in work on some of those things at that point? Yeah, um, but it rained all day that day. So I think uh, from what I remember, door. that yeah. was a while ago, that we were trapped inside, maybe did some things down on the AC floor, work on some pick plays and some close quarter stuff, but not really outside hitting ground balls, fly balls. 
uh, and those things. And every team at that point is going through kind of some of that same similar yeah. issues. It's here, I mean, as we've seen the weather, it kind of – you turned the light on and it went from – winter to spring all of a sudden and we've had this nice run of good weather so to get out so let's let's go through you had a victory against west claremont a nine to six game and that one another kind of somewhat close game yeah um that one our our starting pitcher i remember the first inning there uh justin hornschmeyer had no luck um you know i think they they started out the game with three straight singles and um maybe one of them was hard hit um, I think he hit a guy, walked a guy, yeah, another yeah. base hit, and all of a sudden we're down four or five to nothing uh, in the first inning. Um, but it was great for our team, to, for them to learn uh, some things about themselves and being resilient and, and for me to see that uh, they weren't going to back down. They weren't going to pack it in in the first inning. They knew we still had six, seven at-bats to go out and make things happen, and, and we did. So right. kind of figured their starter out and, and were able to get the runs we needed late. So came back and got the victory, and uh, that's a good another kind of one of those learning opportunities for the team when you get a chance to have to come from behind in a game. It puts guys in different kinds of situations when you're at the plate. I mean, are you a little more aggressive? Are you a little more cautious? I mean, no, right. you right. Try trying to get them to understand. You know, we're still six, seven innings to go. We're not going to change our philosophy. We're not right. going to. We're not going to stop running. We're going to force the issue and see what we can get and get back in the game. If they, if the defense shows that they can stop us in those things, then then we'll we'll adjust. Um, but you know, it's one of those games where at the moment I wasn't happy. Um, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I think we should be playing better. But uh, in the end, at the end of the year, you're like that was great for us. Yeah. Um, so um, that's part of it. As I get older, that I I gotta I gotta work <laughs> through. Um, you know, wanting perfection all the time. So, um, again, it was good for us. It's time. funny you say that, too. It's, it's easier said than done sometimes. And, and then you got to also coach these young men. And it's do as I say, not as I do. Right. And that. So, keeping your composure there, it's, it's right. always a learning process. That's right. a good thing to know. Right. So, come back then uh, the next night and you get into GCL action. Finally, a LaSalle game, uh, an 11 1 victory in that game to get the GCL season started. And looking through that one, uh, it was a look through uh, Jack Pacetti. On the mound for that game, yeah, I think we might have went down one zero, um, you know, and, and uh, maybe you did? I can't remember if we walked a guy or something, but I was like, oh, here we go, kind of like the West Claremont. Um, <laughs> but then we scored and we scored a couple, and we got to their starter. He wasn't throwing strikes, and he walked a couple. We got a couple big base hits, and then um, Lasalle kind of just threw a different guy every inning, and so we got to a couple guys and and uh, ended up getting out of there with 11-1 win because that's a tough place to play oh, yeah. over at their place. Absolutely. So so that was a, a good victory. Then uh, next game against Ryle, a uh, little Northern Kentucky battle with the Ryle High School game. It went 10 innings, and this was before we got a chance to broadcast the next day the, the Upper Arlington game on a Saturday. So Friday night, your pitching got taxed a, a little bit with a – a long game, ten inning game in high school. That's a long game. That's a long uh, game in right. any game. Right. It was uh, felt like we were there forever. Takes forever to get to Ryle on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Oh my um, goodness! Getting yes. across the bridge and everything. So we were in Northern Kentucky for quite a while. Um, but <laughs> you know, our, our starter Matthew Treadway did a great job. Um, we were facing a, a guy named Evan Webster, uh, about a six foot four lefty that's going to go pitch at Louisville. Oh, um, so so uh, it was a great test for us. And so uh, we got to him, got a couple runs off him. And, and like I said, Matthew uh, really held us in the game. I think he went about five innings there and, uh, you know, gave us a chance to win because uh, Webster really had us tied up at different uh, moments. And then we got into those extra innings and, and were able to score, had some really big hits. I think Pacetti and Travis Graves had big hits there in the top of the 10th um, to knock in those runs. 
and then Eric Bronner came in and threw those last few innings Got you um, through to, to get the win. Yeah, you're right. Treadway went five innings, no runs, three hits. So that's, that's a pretty impressive performance, yeah. too, against uh, – Ryle's kind of one of those schools that they've – it's a big school down in northern Kentucky. It's got a lot of athletes yeah. down there, so they're kind of a, a little hidden type of a powerhouse that people are going to hear more and more of. Football, they're always pretty strong. Right, you know, Coach – um, Rosso does a great job down there with them and, and uh, great field and set up and everything. So it's, it's a good environment to go and play in on a Friday night, just 10 innings before we <laughs> yeah. have to play. Saturday at noon is a, it was a little rough. Uh, it, it, it was really at dusk, too, when it was getting done. I mean, were you able to see the ball at that point, though? Or yeah, you... the umpires came over, and they're like, this is going to be it? the last inning. And it was one of those nights um, it was uh, gray anyway. So – at five o'clock, and then at eight o'clock when we finished, it was kind of all the same. Like it was like we're really saying it's too dark. It hasn't really changed since five. Um, but they were ready to go. They were ready to go. So then our offense decided to kick it in, and we scored three. And that's what you needed to right. do, and you, and you got the win. So five two over Ryle. Next day, Saturday, he played in the high school showcase, the Reds High School Showcase over at the Youth Academy, and that was a chance. We actually, myself and Jonesy, were at Mike Jones to, to broadcast that game. I thought strong all the way through. So. Yeah, um, Upper Arlington was really good, um, really good. They had some big boys. Uh, it looked like about four tight ends out there playing they different had a lot positions. Of football guys, yep. Um, their their pitcher battled, um, and I think uh, we scored three or four like in one inning there to. And we were bumped out because there was a play in that game, and I know you've had a lot of games since then. The play down in left field, there was a fly ball oh, yeah. that went into foul territory that it looked like the guy caught it, and then. And the transfer dropped it, and it looked like he was in foul territory. The umpire in that said, one, he was in fair territory when he he got the ball, and then he never really had control of it and dropped it. Gave you a single, and I think you ended up scoring some runs after that. Do you remember that play? Yeah. Or what was, was the? Um, I cannot remember if it was fair or foul. I don't remember. Well, they called it fair. It Correct. Looked. Yeah. I mean, it was right. It on was the right line. on the line. Yeah. I don't remember. You know, if he would have said it was foul, I can't remember if in my mind I was like, I'm going to go argue that. Um, but I know it was right down there. I was actually thinking this has a chance to get out. I did because too. Because it's only 300 with the tall fence yep. down there. Um, and what he said on the non-catch was that um, because he didn't get his hand in there. Uh, he never got the bare hand in there. And so it went in the glove, and then he kind of put the glove up to brace himself on the fence before he went into it, and the ball came flying out. Which it did, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I – if I feel that if he would have called him out, I don't know that I would have went and argued that it was it was, it was a great play by the left fielder, kind of fearless because it's a it's short it a, down there and yeah. right against the wall and a big high fly ball from a left-handed hitter. So it was a, something he wasn't expecting for us to a left-handed hitter to put it down the left field line, three hundred feet deep into the uh, corner. Right. So it was kind of crazy, but it worked out in our favor and. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to invite him back to replay it from there or anything. We'll, we'll take it. That's pretty much what we said on the air about that as well. So, and you got the 6-3 win over Upper Arlington at, at the showcase. Tom Gamble's group, phenomenal for what they do for high school baseball. Today. Right. It was, it was awesome, you know, to be down there in the stadium field at the Youth Academy and, and all that Tom has to organize and do and put together to, <laughs> um, and his crew. It's, it's quite an undertaking. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think he's getting some good weather to be able to get his games in and not have to deal with all the reschedules. I think maybe a little bit Saturday he had to First reschedule. time they had any game schedule was, was Saturday, yeah. yeah. So they, they've been fairly lucky. Yep. So that that's for sure. So good win there against Upper Arlington. Then you had the uh, the Elder and the 
this St. X game. Elder, more GCL action. 9 nothing win at the pack uh, in the, the Monday game. So go back and, and kind of remember some of that and what Elder's got because you're facing them again tonight. Right. You know, that one was a little crazy because about 8 in the morning, uh, our starting pitcher for the day, Jack Pacetti, um, texts me and says, Coach, I can't. I can hardly bend over and tie my shoes. So he uh, strained something in his oh, back. Oh, yeah. um, luckily, we had a, a fresh guy in Austin Strickland ready to go, um, You know, playing all the innings Friday night at Ryle, and we used a couple pitchers Saturday at Upper Arlington. Yeah. You know, um, With Jack going down, it was a little bit of a question mark. So here's Austin Strickland, who threw GCL games as a sophomore on the JV team a year ago. But, hey, all of a sudden at 10 o'clock, like, you're starting starting today. <laughs> oh, like uh, Jack's not going to be loosened up by then. So uh, he went out through great. I don't believe he walked anybody, struck out eight or nine. nine? Um, yep. You know, he, he controlled both sides of the plate, really good fastball going that day. And then uh, offensively, um, got a few doubles late. And, uh, you know, I think Elder had a couple miscues that helped us out kind of early. Um, and, and then we got some big hits to kind of to blow that one open. But, you know, the way Austin was throwing, you know, we, we would have been fine 1-0. It's good to have another uh, option in there, too. Yeah, absolutely. You, you come yeah, through absolutely. that. Then uh, the next day, another GCL, or actually on Wednesday, the, the April the 10th, uh, game at Schuler against St. X and maybe run out of gas a little bit in that one. Yeah, um, their guy um, – a lefty just had us all tied up, fastball changeup guy, and then we just couldn't figure him out. Um, and uh, he he was on that day. And I think you know, talking to their pitching coach in the parking lot after the game, he said he's he was at twelve or thirteen scoreless, straight scoreless oh, really? innings. Wow. So um, that guy was really Magic. really throwing well, yeah. Right. And so you know, we had a we had a miscue on a bunt early on. Um, that uh, score really should have been zero zero going into the seventh. Um, but we misplayed a bunt, and then uh, they got one hit there. Um, but, you know, uh, Andrew Diley was starting. Um, I can't remember who we went to after that, but but the game was um, excellent. had one hit going into the seventh. Yeah. And so, you know, if we make the play on the bunt, you know, we're here we are at 0-0, zero, zero, and then who knows what happens once we get to the seventh. But we were down 3-0 at that point, gave up another run in the seventh, and never figured out uh, Magic. So you get a chance to – be on the different side of things you lose again you what do you learn from that and what what does the team learn from that I'm um, just you know trying to figure out like uh not waiting until those fifth sixth seventh innings about what are we going to do to figure this guy out once right. we see him face the first three guys in the first inning of guys being locked in and making an adjustment and knowing what what they have to do with their swings and what right. kind of pitches they need to look at um so that we're not in that situation so you got to that uh, that part of the season, uh, first GCL loss of the year, but still learning things at that point and getting ready now for. I don't want to ever say because the, the season's such a, a long, quick. It, it, there's so many games in such a short amount of time. So you're you're trying to put all those games together. You, you'd suffer that first loss at that point of the year. You're still eight and two though, but you're getting ready to go into a different kind of part of the season. And we're going to take a break, come back and talk about that. You went over to Indianapolis playing in the PBR Midwest. And then you had the trip this past weekend or uh, last week, I should say down to Myrtle beach. So we'll talk about that. We're gonna take a little break, come back and talk more with Tim Held, the Moeller baseball coach and the Crusaders at this point of the season. Again, our 12 and three more on the Moeller baseball 2019 season when we return on ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. Total Wealth Planning can partner, guide, and educate your family holistically on your financial goals and pursuits. Your dreams are better achieved with a trusted fiduciary like Rob Lemons and his team. 
Contact Rob today at 513-984-6696. That's 513-984-6696 or on the web at twpteam.com. Total Wealth Planning. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people. People who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy. But at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Back on our Moeller Baseball Podcast on ESP Media, I'm Greg Waddell here with Moeller Baseball Coach Tim Held. And Tim, uh, at that point of the season that, that we just finished up, you are 8-2, and two, coming off a loss to St. X and losing anything to St. X. That, that stings a little bit, but... Because the baseball season is such a quick one with so many games, you got to put it behind you pretty quick. Yes, yes. And, and X has had our number here the last couple of years. I believe we lost two out of three last a year, year. ago. Um, so I guess we're kind of starting off on that same foot. So we got to right the <laughs> ship here. And those games still to come. Still two more yes. games to come down the road. We'll talk about those coming up here. But the, the next part of the schedule gets into some out-of-state, not only out-of-conference, but out-of-state competition. And – Probably not a lot of chance for you to, to know who you're facing, so it's we've got what we've got. We're going to put up our our best against what you've got, too. Right. You know, you're looking guys up on uh, max prep, see what their team's like, see what their team's been – history's been like. Uh, you're going to prep baseball report and searching players and searching their school to see, you know, what commitments they have and all that. And, I, and going up against Joliet Catholic, I – you know, I'm telling my coaches about it, and they're like, well, I don't know that anybody's going to feel sorry for us because uh, <laughs> it's like looking in the mirror. Like uh, uh. There's guys committed at every position for them, um, big arms on the mound. Um, I think one pitcher is committed to go to Illinois, another one to Minnesota, and we didn't even see those two. We saw this other right-hander who's not committed. Um, but I feel like the way he threw against us that night, he, he, he should be, be committed. If yeah, not, he, he will a, be. Right. He had a really tough slider going. Um, so – um, again, great test for us, and uh, in the end, if the wind bl- wasn't blowing 18 to 20 miles an hour, um, we might have come away with the win there. Um, we misplayed three or four balls in one inning that uh, off the bat, you're like, we got this, but then they're not going anywhere close to where they should. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and you got your center fielder and your left fielder playing on the warning track, so balls that are blooped, um, they have no chance to get to them, um, you know, and foul balls or sometimes fair balls and so it, it was crazy can't um, give up on plays right so I think we gave about seven outs up in Oof. in the second or third inning and that that really hurt us and but again we were down like nine to two or something like that and and uh, ended up only giving up one run the rest of the way and we battled back and scored a few and and so again t- testing the kids and being resilient and trying to battle back and you know, they battled to their last out. And when you play against teams like that that are kind of a mirror image of you What's the mindset of the guys in the dugout? I mean, do they they get a little bit more amped up at, the, at that point now and they're kind of seeing what the other team always is facing playing against them all? Right. They, they, I mean, they're ready to go. Uh, they know it's a big time that with uh, playing at the PBR Midwest. You know, there's teams from, you know, three or four different states. They know there's pro scouts there. They know there's college scouts there. So um, they're more amped up. Um, than playing, you know, one of the local teams. So it's one of the cool things that we get to do because of the players. 
that, that choose Muller High School. Um, yeah. So it's a great test for us. And again, whether whether we win or lose, you know, again, it's, I'm not happy at that moment um, <laughs> when we're not playing well and don't make some plays. But in the end, it's making us better yeah. and more battle tested for for the tournament. Absolutely. And, and again, playing on a, in a setting like that, too. I mean, just from kind of looking at the pictures that I saw, I mean, great fields. I mean, a, a really neat setup. I mean, the fact that they had all the, the scouts there, they were judging the speed of the ball coming off the bat and, and things like that. That's a, a big-time environment for these guys to be a part of. Right. You know, we, we got invited because of some guys on our roster and just the success of our program. Same with Joliet Catholic. And, and uh, game two, the, the team from Southport, the reason they got invited is because of their starting pitcher. Oh, yeah. They committed to throw in Avery Short against us, who's supposedly one of the top two, three left-handers in the country. Oh, really? Uh, touching 90-91, and, and uh, we got to him. I, I can't remember if we scored six or seven runs. Seven runs, games. 13 hits, and four innings. Yeah, so we got to him, and that's one of the things that we haven't backed down. We went a year ago and played Kokomo, and they rolled out two guys throwing 92-94 to 94 against us. We scored 23 runs in that game. So, um, you know, that, that our guys rose to the occasion there, and that part's cool to be able to look at it and, you know, even better to come away with a win. Uh, but yeah, that that whole complex over there has TrackMan on every field. So um, they compiled all their data, and they were putting a bunch of tweets out over the last few days of yeah. furthest balls hit, hardest balls hit, top velos, and so I know Ryan Galaney and Bryce Davenport and and Quentin Morris all showed up on their kind of leaderboards for yeah. for uh, exit velo and and how far they hit some of the balls. Yeah, Galaney had a home run in that game yep. too. So and and. I, it looked like he was among some of the top players in, in all the tournament were there. I think with his the exit velocity on the I think he had top exit velocity and top distance. He had a four hundred and thirty two foot home run. I mean, it was one of those I was like, I think he got it, you know, <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at the fence and looking at the ball and and then finally, okay, got out of here because we were only up one at that point. So I was like a big sigh of relief for me going being up two going to the to the seventh inning. And at that point, I believe that was the first home run of the year for your team, was it not? Or I first think, or second, maybe? Um, I think Quentin Morris hit one um, earlier in the year. I don't remember against two. And then uh, Bryce Davenport had hit one against Joliet Catholic. Okay, so the game before that yeah, then. So, right so he hit one as well. So. Yeah, so we're at a whopping total of three. That is correct. Is, is that – how how normal is it for, for high schoolers to hit home runs? Um, is pitching a little bit in front of the hitting or – is it the coaching? I mean, you're using the aluminum bats, and these bats now are amazing technology that, that they have there too. So, um, Pitching's definitely ahead early in the year because you've been batting in a cage and, and yeah. behind an L screen and all those things. And then the weather doesn't help when it's you're playing some games, it's 37 degrees and sleet <laughs> and everything. So that doesn't help the hitters. Um, so you should see some more balls starting to fly here. The hitters are becoming more locked in going to play today it's going to be 75 degrees and sunny so um you'll start to see more doubles and triples and and sneak some more balls over the fence so 10-7 loss to Joliet catholic but then bounce back strong same day it was two games in one day eight six so you kind of had that double header against different teams pitching got through that okay and you were because that was coming off the heels of you had the the molar or the uh, the elder and saint x game earlier in that week too so does pitching get taxed at that point or did right. you kind of have it plotted out what you wanted to do with the pitching at that point? Yeah, it, it, we got done what we wanted to do. Justin Hornschmeyer, who had the who had the bad inning against West Claremont with the all the singles off the end of the bat and everything, he he was unfortunately pitching when the bad luck pop ups went up. So uh, he, he's um, 
he's just no luck this year. I just I feel so bad for the guy because he's throwing well, and whenever things go wrong defensively, it seems like he's on the mound. Um, and then Matthew Treadway started that second game and just came out and just threw a bunch of strikes. And you know, uh, that's a good thing. The scouting report we had on Southport said they didn't swing it very well, but but I thought they did. Like they they had some guys that could play. Um, and so you know, you're kind of watching, and again, there's you're not trading film or anything for baseball. Right, so you're watching right. them, and you're going, "This was not a good scouting report that I was given." Um, so, <laughs> so they, uh, you know, we had to adjust some things how we were pitching them. But really, um, you know, he he did his job, and Eric Bronner came in and got the save there. Um, and again, just figuring out roles and getting yep. the kids comfortable and, and making making pitches and making plays for us. And that was an 8-6 victory over Southport on the 12th. And then you had a couple of days to, to kind of come home, pack the bags, and uh, off to the beaches you go. Down to Myrtle Beach and playing in the Cal Ripken experience. First off, just when you, you get to do that and, and trips like that, and in baseball always we'll do one right around the spring break time to, to get a chance to go somewhere south, somewhere warm and, and play. What goes into those those trips? And and I know you get a tremendous amount of help from the parents too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were living the life of big leaguers there. We, we got out of school a little bit early on Friday and went to Indianapolis and – so that was a you know a, a eleven or twelve hour day together on the bus playing a doubleheader. The you know I put the word out to the parents before that trip like we needed some help like it's Friday during Lent no. you know I can't walk to the concession stand and get no thirty dogs. cheeseburgers yeah. or hot dogs. So I mean the amount of food that they had packed for those boys um, it could feed us for a week and it did because uh, <laughs> well, we didn't hardly crack into all of it. Came back, um, got back Saturday, gave the kids the whole day off, and Sunday morning we left at 8 a.m. for Myrtle Beach. On the bus you go. Yeah, because traveling on a charter bus and every stop's going to be 45 minutes. It's not like in our car. You know, we go to the drive-thru and just keep on going. I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, uh, ended up taking us about 13 hours. We got stuck uh, outside Knoxville with some construction traffic, um, but we had all that food those parents made. So we just kept kind of rolling that out day by day and stop by stop with uh, fruit and snacks and everything. Um, but so that part was great. They, the parents did a tremendous job, but that planning, you know, started last August, September, oh, yeah. where do we want to go, you know, get talking the budget through with the school and making sure what, you know, to make it affordable to the families, yeah. um, yeah. and figuring out how long we wanted to be there and what worked with the rest of our schedule. So, um, planning it all, you know, once we get down there, it's kind of, now I can relax and <laughs> we're here and we can play our games, but, um, we played three games. Uh, we practiced once. Uh, the first day, and uh, went to a Coastal Carolina baseball game I on Tuesday pictures, night. Yeah. So um, it all worked out. The weather was great. A little cool at times. It was actually warmer in Cincinnati one of the days, and it was in Myrtle Beach. But it was sunny every day, and every day we woke up, we looked out, we were staring at the beach. Oh, man, there, there's worse things to do in the world. That's right. that's, I, I did see the beach picture, so if it was chilly, the guys had their shirts off, though, on the beach, they they looked like they weren't cold. So. I think it could have been 35 degrees they would have, <laughs> they would have had their, their shirts off. Yeah, that's usually what us Ohioans do. Do when we go to the beach right. somewhere in March. Uh, and then I also saw, before we, we'll get to the games here in a second, uh, a little putt-putt action I saw too, or a little miniature golf that you had a uh, little success in. Right, right. Oh, yeah. They, they, <laughs> the other coaches said I threw the competition. It was it was legit. Said I signed a uh, illegal scorecard, <laughs> but uh, the, no truth to that. I won Cannot fair and square. Cannot be proven. All right, so we try and find some type yeah. of competition in there somewhere, so – um, we've gone to Atlanta. We've done bowling, um, but with Myrtle Beach, with a pancake house and a putt putt <laughs> golf uh, on every corner, I figured we'd be able to make that work. So um, we had a draft. Uh, the team, the kids, had a draft, and one guy was smart enough to to Ryan Galaney drafted two of the coaches, so he, he knew what he was doing. 
and and we brought our team to victory. That's a crafty senior right there. That's right. So, and Ryan Galaney. So, and then on the field, well, first of all, tell us about the field, the complex. Uh, it, it looked again from looking on maps and all that stuff. It looked like a, a gorgeous complex. Yeah, um, I know there's they've had some growth. I don't know what they started with originally about eight or ten years ago, maybe three or four fields, and they're up to about seven or eight fields. And there's softball there, and there's 17 batting cages, and a couple wow. turf infields just sitting out there where you can play wiffle ball or take ground balls. Um, so it's pretty impressive that way. And then they also partner up with another park called Grand Park that's got, I don't know, four or five turf fields um, where they'll play. If you take your JV team, a lot of the JV games will be there. That's where our practice was. Um, so they, they have a lot going on. But if you check the schedule, I mean, there's 36 to 35 to 45 things a day going on between yeah. practices, JV games, varsity games. Um, so those guys have it down to a science, but all turf fields. And I, I guess from what I understand, they, they just turf the mound and home plate. The, those used to be dirt. Yeah. Um, so turf those. So now they really don't stop for anything. That's, that's do you like that? I mean, cause I, you're going to have it again later this week playing uh, at Florence freedom stadium, having those, those, and at UC, they have it as well at, at UC's baseball stadium too. Um, the first couple of years, the kids were worried about it. They weren't comfortable with it, but now they play so much on it yeah. that they, they don't even, they don't say anything. Yeah, it's anymore. just kind of the whole progression yeah. of, of how fields and, and getting all these games in because you Correct. want to try to get them in as, as much as possible. Uh, first game, Mooresville, North Carolina, a nine, four victory in that one. That was, uh, the first day on, on Monday, the 15th and, Looking through that one, uh, Austin Strickland on the hill again for that game. Yeah, Austin did a great job. He's had one hiccup there in the third or fourth inning. Um, you know, hung a curveball, guy got a base hit. Hung a changeup, guy got a base hit. Um, I don't remember if he walked or, or hit the next guy and then uh, um, gives up grand slam. Oh, you know, okay. so um, we were up 3-0, felt good about where we were, and then all of a sudden we were down 4-3. So tested again, but the offense came around. Uh, Mooresville, um Again, from what I understand, through their best guy, a guy throwing 86 to 88, um, a senior who's been had done it before. Right. We had played Mooresville three or four years ago when we were in Atlanta at Perfect Game. So, you know, a little history with them. I knew they, they know how to play the game and everything and, and play the game right. So it was a good test for us. And then the bats came alive and stole some bases and got a couple big hits and, and uh, got the 9-4 win. 9-4 on the Monday game. Tuesday against Council Rock, 9 a.m. game, too. So what was that like? You go from a night game on Monday night to having short, I mean, about as short a turnaround as you're ever going to have. Right. That, that was not a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> we did not play very well. Um, we Andrew Diley pitched through greats, really kept us in it. Um, we should have lost. Um, oh, right. Council Rock made a couple errors that gave us our two runs. Um, and so, you know, offensively didn't get it done, whether that's uh, attributed to them using three or four different pitchers and we couldn't figure them out, they weren't out there long enough, or to the 9 a.m. start. Um, but, you know, we, the positive is we put the balls in play when we needed to. Um, you know, because if we strike out in those situations, we really don't score. But, you know, uh, hit a couple ground balls that they couldn't handle and, and let us score those two runs. And, and they had to go through the same thing as well, an early morning game too. So Correct. That you, you fight through, though, and, and you get the win. So 2-1, to one, the victory in the Tuesday game. Then you had the whole day off, though. I guess that was the, the good side of that. Right. Then you got to enjoy the beach and enjoy some of the fun and, and didn't play again until Wednesday night at 8.30. So there was quite a bit of downtime in between Game two and game three. Yeah, I was a little worried about it because, um, you know, we were back at the hotel at noon and, 
get them lunch and then give them some uh, time to go to the beach. And you're telling them put sunscreen on and everything. And, but you, you know, are they? And um, so they got to enjoy some beach time Tuesday afternoon. We went to the coastal Carolina game Tuesday night and got to enjoy, uh, you know, that beautiful stadium. And they were playing college of Charleston, which is a great opponent. Um, So uh, got to take all that in. And then uh, yeah, had the whole day Wednesday to um, hang out again. So that's when we did putt, putt, they got some more beach time, and then we went to the park pretty early to take a, a good pregame BP. And that was against uh, the game getting ready for Victor, New York. That game looked like everything was going well. Uh, no hitter in, into, what, the sixth inning, I believe. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, we talked about Jack Pacetti, you know, waking up the, the Monday before, and his back was all tightened up. So he this was the first time he did anything in a game. Uh, from that Monday. Any so, or anything. Anything. Yeah. So um, all the treatments he received with doctors and everything and chiropractors and our training staff, um, so just to, to make sure that he was healthy to go on the mound. So, um, yeah, he was pretty dominant. Victor is a good school, a lot of good good history there, all state shortstop playing against us. Um, but Jack was on his game with the high fastball and his big curveball. Uh, I believe he struck out 11 in those Correct. six innings. And then uh, – uh, Justin Hornschmeyer came in and got three outs and like four pitches. There you go. So it was beautiful. And I was watching it on Game Changer. Yeah. So that was great. Well, so that takes you uh, to where we're at right now, 12-3 and three on the season. Overall, the the experience to Indianapolis and then to uh, North Carolina, you coming out of that 4-1 and one out of all that against really, really solid competition. Right. You, you know, again, you know, trying to get some wins, but trying to figure out more about your team so you're ready for these GCL games. Yep. Um, so over the next three weeks, we got you know six GCL games um, that we're trying to win the GCL title. We're tied with Elder, uh, both at two and one. So this is a really big week for both of us. Um, and then uh, you know getting ready for the tournament draw that's going to take place in about ten days, fourteen days. We're already at that point of the season, right? To figure Thanks. figure all that out. You know, yeah. If it gets nice out, that means we're our season's about done. Ooh, you know. Well, that's true. That's a good. That's good. The good and the bad of it right. all. So, well, we'll take another time out. We're going to look ahead now to to what is coming. You mentioned uh, some GCL games coming up. So we'll take a quick time out. Come back and have more with more baseball podcast. Head coach Tim Held here with us on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. ESP Media has been producing and operating websites, mobile apps, game films, broadcasts, and social media content since 2010. We have entered into an exciting partnership with Sidearm Sports, the number one provider of collegiate athletic websites in the world. If you're reevaluating your athletic website's overall look and day-to-day operation, ESP Media can assist you. Reach us today at 513-655-4966 or email us at sales at ESPmediaSN.com. Join ESP Media and Sidearm Sports to be the leader. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com slash radio for more information. Back on our Bowler Baseball Podcast, head coach Tim Held is with us. It's Monday, the 22nd of April, and we are really heading down the home stretch now. You mentioned it in our last segment, Tim, as you get ready with the draw coming up, believe it or not, in a week and a half or so. You did have a game canceled over the weekend with uh, St. X out of Louisville, so that game was supposed to be played 
down at Highland, so just weather. It was a miserable day Saturday. So. Right, with that game, we were able to cancel that game about Friday at <laughs> yeah, 3. So, so uh, we knew that we didn't want St. X driving up, and with it being Holy Saturday, we had to be done playing by 4, so that's why it was scheduled for 10 a.m., so um, trying to cut X off from having to get yeah. on the bus that early. So well, man, being it was an easy school as well. Right, yeah. and it was an easy decision since it rained all day Saturday. So it, was it good, though? I mean, because you had just gotten back, what, Probably Wednesday night, Thursday. Some, did you leave after the game? Wednesday no, we night left. We, we spent the night and left Thursday morning early. So we were back about 8.30 Thursday night. Okay, so you had one day to kind of recover. And yeah. then you didn't have to play the game on Saturday. So now it should be well-rested as you go into a very busy week. Uh, two games back-to-back with Elder. And you mentioned tied in the GCL right now here in the early going. So very, very big games coming up the next two days, or three games. Yeah, big games. Um you know, it over in uh, Indianapolis, um, Parker Allen, our third baseman, leadoff hitter. You know, uh, we've lost, we've played the last four games without him, uh, with an injured left shoulder. So we'll be rolling in today with a, a sophomore shortstop. Going to move Ryan Galaney to third, and uh, where he played all the last season, and where he'll probably play collegiately. And so go with the sophomore shortstop and. And, uh, you know, I don't like trying out a new shortstop in the middle of the season, but um, with, with all the games that we've played and everything and all the different combinations we've tried, that's what we feel most comfortable with going uh, today. So, um, you know, a lot of things we have to continue to worry about and help that young guy out and sure. um, see Aiden Noyes make his varsity debut this afternoon. Oh, good. Well, good luck to him. That's going to be very, very exciting for him. Uh, tied with, with Elder at 2-1, and one. what uh, does Elder represent? They've got a lot of multi-sport guys. They come over. I know Kyle Klingenbeck pitched the last game against you all, and he's, he's a fabulous athlete too. Yeah, he got hurt in our game, and so I oh, not did. got. Yeah, he ended up leaving in the um, kind of shaking that right arm and, oh, no. and in, in the third inning or so. So I've I, I, I've been told that he's uh, um, out for the year, but oh, I've not no, no. won't find that out till this afternoon. Yeah. Um, that he's Is he. I think he's going to play baseball. He's going to play northern see? Northern oh. Kentucky. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh man, oh, I hope it's nothing so, serious. Um, they have a really good lefty. Um, I can't say his name correctly. Col- Colton Sandhouse, I believe, is how you say it. Um, so he pitched against us last year as a sophomore. Yep. So um, uh, you know, I would guess we'll either see him today or Wednesday. Um, and then uh, um, looking at their numbers, looking at their stats, following them them on social media, they went to Nashville and played and looked like they won two out of three. And looks like they're offensively are waking up. Their numbers have really come a long way since when we played two weeks ago. Um, so, um, you know, it's different it's high school, oh, high yeah. school players. So, uh, things change day by day, week by week. So it looks <laughs> like they, they maybe have settled on a lineup and really starting to get things going offensively. Uh, so that'll be a uh, back-to-back games, uh, Monday and Wednesday, your home field, Schuler Park tonight, uh, pitching wise, where, where are you at now coming off that, that, the tournament and, uh, the being down, having some days off though, so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, Jack Facetti through Wednesday, and then he'll go again today. It's okay. four days rest. Didn't so know he wanted to tip our hand there, right now. <laughs> if Coach Thompson's listening to this, yeah, we're we're throwing Jack Facetti today. Um, but uh, he'll go today, um, and Austin Strickland will go on Wednesday. Okay. Um, so um, those are the two that we feel most comfortable with, and then uh, you know, with only three games this week since prom is on Friday. Oh jeez. Um, you know oh, the, the the the. The bullpen is fully rested and ready to go, so we need to make a change. We know we got plenty of arms to pull from. And then Thursday, the third game of this week uh, will be Highlands. Playing that down at Florence Freedom, we're actually going to be broadcasting that game, so myself and Mike Jones will be down there, so we'll be excited to, to get a chance to see the guys again, too. 
What do you do for those kind of games? It's a non-conference game at that point, too. You mentioned it's the day before prom, so I'm sure guys' heads are going to be a little scattered at that point. And right. Yeah, we've had pretty good luck. They know that uh, they I give them Friday and Saturday off, um, so they they got to come out and be locked in and get through Thursday, and then, then they can um, shift their focus to all their plans and all everything that goes into smart. prom. Yes. And so um, that'll be a big post-game talk. Um, so, you know, playing Highlands, you know, uh, the Freedom are putting together a little showcase, a little uh, Ohio, Northern Kentucky set of games. So um, Highlands, a, a great program, oh, you know, yeah. great success over the last few years here. So uh, it's going to be a great battle. It's just like playing another GCL game, um, you yeah. know, and they – they don't, you know, I don't know who they'll throw at us. They don't play like a conference. They play district, district seed right. games. So if they didn't have a district seed game this week, you know, we'll probably see their number one. And uh, I think, I think they play Covcath. I was kind of looking ahead at their schedule. So maybe they play Covcath tomorrow, tonight. And I don't know. Uh, if they, I don't know if what their districts are. I don't know if that counts as a district seed game. Yeah, I'm not, I, I can't figure it all. I out. never, I've never been able to figure it all out. So, so you got that one mixed in. But uh, LaSalle, a couple of games with them. Coming up next week and then down the road, still to, to come lurking uh, behind two more games with St. X as well. So those, not to mention some other games mixed in with Anderson, CHCA will be in there. Uh, St. Ignatius, too. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be a fun weekend there. Um, we're playing CHCA up at uh, Prasco again. And then uh, Anderson is set to be a night game over at at their place. I think we're going to broadcast that game, too. Oh, that'll be cool. So, yep. That'll be cool. Pray for good weather. Yeah, And then sure. St. Ignatius wants to come down and then uh, kind of wrap it up on Saturday the 11th. Uh, you know, um, probably honor our seniors on Friday night. So if we do have rain, we can do that on Saturday. And then uh, Saturday, oh. have the all the alumni out as well and uh, honor those teams from 1989, 2004, 2009 state champs teams. And any guys that can make it out can throw out a first pitch, but honor all of our baseball alums as well. we got to have Coach Ebel get out there and see if he can still throw. That's right. I That's right. See that. Some BP time. I, I want to see, <laughs> see pictures of that. You mentioned the draws coming up. Uh, and then will you play? I, I know in years past you'll, you'll try to mix in some games as the tournament's getting started, You know, as you get into the sectionals and the – the districts and the regionals and all that stuff. Do you do you still have a couple of games to to mess around with? I guess it depends on rainouts too, doesn't it? Right, right now I think we're we're one over, so we need something to be rained out. And I would say over the next three weeks something will That's be rained happen. out. Yeah. Um, so that would be you know we've gotten lucky, pretty lucky. We haven't had whole weeks washed out like it seems like we have in the past. So uh, right now we're we're set to kind of look like we're going to get twenty seven in in our seven weeks, and then that means um, we'll just play the tournament game straight through. Now they've looking at the tournament dates. They've kind of readjusted them, so we're not going to have these big gaps that we've had in the past. Right. Um, so those first two weeks will be Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then there'll be a gap um, before the regional. So the coaches in Southwest Ohio have asked to move the district games up a little bit because um, we are playing that district final game on a Saturday, and if it rained with all the pitch count stuff, now you're going to Sunday and Monday, and then the regionals Thursday, oh, yeah, Friday. Up, right? It's really putting pressure on your number two to throw that game and be ready for Friday. So yeah. so they've listened to us and really appreciative that they have um, to help the Southwest Ohio teams put their best teams on the field in the regional so our best team is making it to the state tournament. Um, so um, see how that works out yeah. and, and go from there. Yeah, whatever team it is out of Southwest Ohio, hopefully hopefully it's your, your guys. Uh, as we look through some of the numbers, uh, Michael Tenney leading the way hitting-wise, uh, 421. He's playing very well. Ryan Galaney, I'm sure you expected that. Uh, he's right there as well. He's leading the team with 18 hits. 
Uh, RBI-wise, uh, Michael O'Callaghan. He's uh, driving in the runs. He's got 12 ribbies. Uh, Quentin Morris and Michael Tenney right there with 11. Pitching-wise, uh, again, looking through things, uh, Andrew Diley, he and uh, Allison Strickland look like they've thrown the most only because, I guess, you had Jack Bassetti out for a couple starts. Right, Jack missed a start or else he'd be in the low 20s there, probably be a little bit ahead of Andrew. Um, but, yeah, those, those guys, you know, Tenney and Galaney and O'Callaghan, those are the guys that are, are batting one, two, three in our lineup. Um, you know, so it makes makes sense. They're the hottest bats. They're getting the sure. most at bats. Um, so really getting it done for us. And, and Q Morris has kind of been somewhere in that four, five, six range. Um, so he's uh, – you know, been getting it done in that in that area and helping us behind the plate, doing a great job catching wise, and and so been playing a lot of guys, and you can see a lot of the at bats are pretty similar there, and uh, you know now we're kind of settling in on a lineup and and make this stretch run. All righty, well the stretch run it is, and again it starts uh, with Elder today. Best of luck with that one today, Coach, and uh, hopefully everything's good with uh, Jack Pacetti and he's healthy rest of the way out. We're excited to see you guys Thursday against Highland, but you'll have two more games in between right. now and then. So good luck with those Purple Panthers coming up uh, today and on Wednesday. Thank so. you. Tim, always good seeing you. Head Coach Tim Health. We'll try to get back at this again. Uh, weather permitting, everything schedule permitting and everything, Monday, May 13th. We're going to kind of recap things, and that'll be getting us ready for tournament times. So we'll kind of recap the rest of the season up till the tournament time when we get together again. So perfect. A lot of stuff going on. So, All right. Thank you. There you go. That is Tim Held, the baseball coach for Moeller High School. I'm Greg Waddell. Appreciate you listening to our Moeller Baseball Podcast on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.